My name is Jim Fleming, and this is Our Sunday School. I'm coming to you from the Hickson campus of Stewart Heights Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And we'd love to have you come and visit us. But if you're not in the area, please go to OurSundaySchool.com to see all of the resources we saw in class. Good morning, everybody. I love the encouraging good mornings. That's wonderful. So we're in 2 Thessalonians today. If you've got your Bibles, uh, turn over to 2 Thessalonians, or as my Greek New Testament says, uh, B. Um, I don't know if you, those of you that recall that, but 1 Thessalonians is A and 2 Thessalonians is B. Um, so we are uh, in chapter 2 today. We've done chapter 1, did the first couple of verses for the first week and then the next 10 or so for the second week. And we're really kind of moving into what I would say a lot of people think are the, the, the meat and potatoes of Second Thessalonians, uh, except for the fact that I don't think it is. Um, I think Paul uses some examples here, as he did in Romans. If you think back to Romans, I mean, we spent several chapters in Romans that were just examples of the theology that he was actually espousing. And I think that's kind of what he's doing here in Second uh, Thessalonians 2. So, so as by way of review... Let's go back to 1-1 and read through, we'll read through 2-12, and then we'll get started. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting, because your faith grows exceedingly, and the love of every one of you all abounds toward each other. So that we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God for your patience and faith and all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure, which is manifest evidence of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer, since it is a righteous thing with God to repay with tribulation those who trouble you, and to give you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire taking vengeance on those who do not know God, and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. When he comes in that day to be glorified in his saints and to be admired among all those who believe, because our testimony among you was believed. Therefore, we also pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power, that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you, and you in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together with him, we ask you not to be too soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. And the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? And now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. 
The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie, that they might be also condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So, uh, soundly uplifting, encouraging words, you think? I would argue that they are. I would argue that's the exact reason Paul goes into this section this way. Because the Thessalonians were freaking out in some way, shape, or form because they thought the second coming had already occurred. And he's telling them in the beginning of chapter 2 not to be shaken in mind or troubled in spirit. So if he's telling them specifically, don't be shaken in mind, don't be troubled in spirit, what's he telling them to do? Like, chill, yes. Like, will you relax? You did not miss it. Because if you had missed it, you would have missed all this other stuff. So I argue... 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 is encouraging and calming to the believer. It is not terrifying to the believer. Now, to the unbeliever, oh my goodness, this is just horrific. But to the believer, this is meant, this text, Paul actually says it in verse 2. This text is to calm and to ease their trouble and their anxious thoughts. So that's my comment on the literary and structural observations. Don't lose, the fact, lose sight of the fact that this expanded discussion on the end times events uh, is more about comforting these believers than about the end times. Now, Paul does lay out very specific uh, theological points on the end times. I don't want to say that this is not important in any way, shape, or form. It is important. Uh, but that was not specifically the... Uh, this, is a, this is an example to comfort his friends. All right, so... Uh, I moved around one of the questions today because I think it kind of fits better earlier in the, in the text. So are there any repeated words? Let's look at the text. Are there any repeated words? You shows up six times, yes. So it's still, it's very pointed. It's very direct. It's, you know, we're, I'm talking to you, I'm talking to you, I'm talking to you, I'm talking to you. It's hard to get around that. Anything else? God does, yes. God shows up five times. And this is what I love about this, Skip. I love that God shows up five times. How many times does Satan show up? Once. Because when we want to talk about end times, who is the superstar? God is. It is not Satan. Right? We sometimes talk about end times as if Satan is the major player on the scene. Satan is the pawn on God's chessboard for end time events. And he will move, God will move Satan around as he sees fit for his own glory to reveal his magnificence and not Satan's. So when we talk about end time events, let's not, and let's, let's make sure we discuss and expose the evil that is going to come, but let's make sure we keep the hero the hero because the hero is certainly not the devil. So thank you for noticing God. <laughs> Feels like a good Sunday school comment, right? <laughs> Uh, what else? What other words show up? It should, Dave, yes. I don't know why it doesn't. I know why it doesn't. It doesn't say week three because I didn't turn it to week three. Um, I'll fix it, though. Don't worry. <clears throat> uh, lawless and lawlessness, right? Yeah. Did I put these on your handout, or are you guys are just picking them up? 
I didn't put it on your handout, right? Okay, good, good, good. Cool. Yeah, lawless and lawlessness um, shows up three times. And are we, are we describing God there, or are we describing the works of the evil one? This is the easy question. The works of the evil one, right? I mean, this is not, God is not, is not a lawless God. Um, coming shows up three times, right? So this is, Jesus is coming back, and there, there are works that are coming from the devil. Uh, what else? Anything else? Lord Jesus Christ shows up, yes. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> We're talking about end time events, and I said the Lord Jesus Christ shows up. You'll get there. It's okay. Uh, it's early for that joke, I know. Uh, yes, Lord Jesus Christ shows up. This is fantastic. Uh, anything else? Revealing, yes. Right? So we, we talk sometimes about Jesus Christ in Revelation going to be revealed. Right? He pulls back and we, we see him for how he really is, the, the shining glory, the brightness. But there's some other things that are going to be revealed here too. The works of the devil are going to be revealed. And those that follow and support are going to be revealed. Uh, and then we've also got believe is in there a couple of times. Uh, day is in there a couple of times. Uh, and then restrain and restraining. So that, that's in there as well. And then there's one more word that shows up a couple of times. Does work show up twice? Truth. Does work show up twice, though? I'm going to chase this rabbit real quick. Did I miss it? Work? Because I use a computer program to tell me this. And I need to know if this stupid thing is broken. Because <laughs> if it's broken, I need to quit using it. <laughs> you got work twice? Where at? Verse 17. Oh, I'm sorry. We're, we're restricting it to 2, 1 through 12. There we go. That may have been the issue. That may have been the issue. But truth shows up twice here. Yes, Absolutely. So we've got several words that show up twice. We'll be kind of thinking about those as we go through and look at the individual words. <clears throat> so let's look at the, what do the words mean. So verse 1 of chapter 2, and we're going to look at the first 12 verses here. So now, brethren, Adelphos, these are the brothers, concerning the coming. This is the Greek word parousia, uh, and this is the, the being near of the advent, the return, the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we, we talked before about timelines. And when was this particular book, we think, written? About when? In the early 50s, right? So, so how long had been Jesus been gone at this point? Yeah, just probably less than two decades. Less than two decades. So this is not a distant past memory. This is really recent events. So tell me something that happened 20 years ago in the United States of America. So 20 years ago would have been what year? <laughs> Some of you are like, I graduated high school. Yes. Some of you are like, don't say that. Um, 20 years ago, what happened? Something big? Ken Starr, Monica Lewinsky. Okay. Your daughter was born. Awesome. Cool. What else? 20 years ago. Office space? Is that what you said? I can't imagine you saying... What? I must have read your lips wrong. No. Yeah. Nope. Nope. <laughs> yep. Bad lip reading Sunday school version. Oh, y'all are going to have to do this. Somebody's going to have to record me in Sunday school with a video and then dub over bad lip reading on it. So. 
you just better make sure Jesus looks good still, okay? That's all I'm saying. That would be hilarious. Oh, my goodness. Sorry, I took a different type of inhaler this morning, and I am lit. I'm just like shaking as hard as I, it's just, it's all I can do not to jump up and down, so it's crazy. All right, so the, it's been just less than 20 years, we think, and, and they're, they're taking the words of Jesus, I come quickly, I'm coming back for you, very literally. They expected that to happen in their lifetimes. So when they were looking around and seeing believers die off before Jesus came back, they're starting to panic and thinking Jesus is not keeping his word here. Maybe we missed it. And, and so here's the beautiful thing. I think I may have just misspoken. They didn't think Jesus wasn't keeping his word. They thought that they missed it. Those are two different things, aren't they? Imagine having such faith in Christ's words that, well, there's no way he's wrong. I must, I must be wrong. That's a great way to approach the scriptures right there. Wow. So now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together, this word is uh, episynagogue. It means a complete collection. I love this word. Because we are not only God's family, his children, but there is coming a day where he will have a complete collection of all of us together. And when I say all of us, I mean those living now, and all the believers backward in time, and should the Lord tarry, those living now and all the believers forward in time. All of those will be collected together. Does anybody collect anything? Y'all have any collections that you have? What do you collect, Ms. Sherry? Thimbles. Awesome. How do you, how do you, what, like what type of, how can you collect thimbles? Tell me about thimbles. I'm not a thimble aficionado. Yeah. Cool. So you have quite a few thimbles then. So conservatively, if you had to estimate, how many thimbles would you have? <laughs> the accountant says he doesn't know, so that's a big number. Right? I'm, I'm going to say more than, more than 50? More than 100? So, okay, all right. So, but that's a lot. That's, I've never seen that many thimbles together in one place. Darla, have you ever seen that many thimbles together? No, okay. I thought she was going to say, yeah, of course I have. I go to thimble conventions. I, I have no idea. I got, I got nothing on thimbles, right? Have, uh, okay. <laughs> Same here, darling. Same here. I don't know anyone either. That's awesome. Who else collects something? I used to collect name tags when I worked down, downtown on the Unum. Really? Who had either left Unum or had passed away. And it sounds weird, but I... It does. It does sound weird. Wow. That almost feels depressing. It was. I, actually, though, I was able to get a couple of name tags back to people who ended up coming back. Oh, okay. All right. But, you know, they moved part of my office to up to Woodstock. So when that happened, of course, if they didn't go up there, my collection question is not going where I thought it was going to go, by the way. <laughs> For those of you playing well, along yeah, at home. It's a weird thing. People go by. What is that? It is a weird thing. And yeah, I'm going to say it twice. It started with a couple of people that were buds. I want to remember good memories. And, uh, oh, buds. Oh. I am. We're just about to have a train wreck here. 
Oh, so then it became self-perpetuating, right? That's interesting. That's pretty neat. It was actually was pretty neat. The guys who collect around and look at things and have good memories. Anyway. All right. So how many of you have seen the movie National Treasure? I'll go to something that I know I can. All right. You seen so the movie National Treasure. Do you know the collection I'm talking about? What's the collection I'm talking about? There's a collection. Who whose campaign buttons? George Washington's campaign. But you're like, holy mackerel! That is a very small set of things and was her collection complete not the beginning of the movie but what happened Nicolas Cage comes through he gives her the button and she's like oh this is wonderful yay actually she wasn't she's like this is kind of weird how could he how could he find this and it, it made her kind of wonder a little bit but her collection became complete so I want you to think about something right now the saints that have lived before us so to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, right? Is God's collection complete right now? No. Have you ever thought about yourself as a collection? As part of a collection? But have any of you ever collected something where there was a definitive way to know that you were done? Like, I am done. I did one time. I collected the state quarters, right? It's like, yes, I think I can do this, right? And I have a little book at home. And it's got all 50 quarters in it, and I don't know what to do with it now. Because, like, you, you'll buy it? Also, I think that's kind of weird, but okay. Uh, it's worth whatever 50 times 25 is, right? <laughs> Not worth a lot of money. But I remember thinking, okay, I'm done. Now what do I do? I didn't really have, I could, I could look at them, but I mean. Yeah, go to the arcade. <laughs> wow. You could do that, right? So let me ask you a question here. What's God going to do with his collection when he's got it all together? We're going to have a party, right? We're going to rejoice. He's going to enjoy us, and we're going to enjoy him. So the collection will enjoy the collector. I like this. This is a really neat way to think about this. So this concerning our gathering together, so this complete collection... <laughs> thimbleism we're completely gone now thimbleism that's right our gathering together to him we ask or interrogate you not to be too soon or suddenly or shortly or rapidly shaken and this is uh, agitated or toppled or disturbed um, this is exactly what it looks like Shaken in mind, so this is the intellect, so don't let your brain go crazy thinking about things. We've never experienced this before, right? We've never been really worried in our minds and roll something over and over and over. Or troubled means to, to wail or clamor. What's wail mean? Oh, the world is ending. It's awful. What's wrong? Right? I mean, this is just, this is, so neither the thing that you can't see, troubled in your mind, or the thing that you can experience, the troubled with your voice or, or shaking, either through the Spirit or through the Word, the Logos, or through the letter. I learned something this uh, week in Sunday school study. 
the Greek word for letter is epistole. That's where we get our word epistle. Caleb piped up when I told Julie this, and he said, so it doesn't mean the wife of an apostle. I was like, nope, it's not the wife of an apostle. Brent Bass is still incorrect years later, and yes, we will never let the joke die. So either by, so don't be troubled or shaken by spirit, by word, by letter, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come or was at hand. Let no one deceive or seduce holy or beguile you by any means. Now I want you to look at the word for means here. By any turn, by any turn of a word, by any mode, any different way in which something appears, any style, any different uh, new uh, presentation of something, any deportment, well, he's carrying himself in such a way that it looks like any character, any conversation, any manner, any means, any way. Is there a better word to use than that word means? There is nothing, no twist, no version, no perspective should deceive us, for that day will not come unless the falling away. And the Greek word there is apostasia. Apostasia. It means defection from truth. Falling away or forsaking. And this is what this looks like. It's someone who was walking with us, who we thought was a believer, who ultimately showed themselves that they were never a believer because they defected from the truth. Because we know that once you become a believer, the perseverance of the saints and the protection of the Holy Spirit will preserve a believer until the end. So if someone defects from the truth, they were never part of the body to begin with. So this falling away is going to happen. And again, this is in the future. Uh, this comes first. And the man of sin, and the, the word man there is just a, an individual. We don't think this is anything, uh, a supernatural person of any way. Uh, the man of sin is revealed. Here's our first apocalypto. This is the, uh, the uncovering. It means to take off the cover. It's your next blank. To take off the cover. To disclose or reveal. So this little parenthetical is a further definition or explanation of this man of sin. The son of perdition. Now, perdition is not really a word that we probably use a lot today, so look at the definition here. The son of ruin, son of loss, son of damnable, son of destruction, son of die, son of perdition, son of perish, son of pernicious ways, son of waste. Does this sound like a positive human being? Not at all. He's about as bad as it gets, right? So this man of sin... Imagine being described as, what are you? Well, you're the man of sin. I guess this is a really, really bad description. This son of perdition who opposes or is an adversary and exalts or raises himself up, becomes haughty, himself all above that is called God. So to say that I'm going to exalt myself above anything and everything that is called God this is a bad place to be. Or that is worshipped. So anything else that is worshipped, he wants to be above that. He is self-exalting himself above anything else that is worshipped. So that he sits, at, and this, this word sits is to be, to be seated down. It, it, it implies there is a chair. 
So he sits as God in the temple of God. Do you remember there being some negative warnings in the Old Testament about mishandling things in the temple? Yeah. It did not go well for those that would do this. Yes, Monsieur? The Greek word used is human being. It literally, one of the definitions is human being. Now, could there be influences? Absolutely. I think so. But there, there is a human body that is doing this work. So that he is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing. Here you go. You ready? This is apodikonemi. This is a variation of apocalypso. It means to show off or exhibit. You ever been somewhere that was a really serious place? My family and I went, when did we go to New York? We went to New York, what, a year or two ago? And we went to the uh, 9-11 Memorial, right? And if you've ever been there, you know, you just get kind of close and things change. The, the tenor and the hustle and the bustle and the moving and the honking and the screaming and the shouting and the cursing of New York City does not happen there. There, it is eerily quiet. And there are big boys and girls who are walking around with weapons that were larger than Caleb. Now, Caleb is a short fellow right now, but very large automatic weapons. And they were there to make sure that whole place stayed safe. But there's part of me that wonders if like they were even needed for the calm that was there. The, the first time you ever go to the Vietnam Memorial, it will overwhelm you with its size. And there's a certain just hush that happens, right? It's just this overwhelming sense of, oh, wow. And many of us were taught when we come into church, there is a certain sense of this is a special place for a special thing. We behave in a special way. This, this is a description of somebody in the temple of God showing off. Like if you are going to do this behavior, that is not the right place to do it. Showing what? Showing, showing who? Himself that he is God. Now I love the wording here because this is not showing that he is God, because he is not God. He is trying to show himself that he is God. This is all about self-promotion and self-exaltation and self-exhibition. Self is the focus here. Do you see how when Paul describes uh, in other letters and other parts of the New Testament believers that he is saying are positive and good, it is because they have supported someone else? And when he is showing someone to be evil, it is supporting himself. You see the difference here? He didn't really articulate this in this passage, but I think there's something here that, that is pretty significant about this. All right, verse 5. Do you not remember? The Greek word is, uh, you see it there? What does it look like? Mnemonic device, right? 
Yeah. It's to exercise the memory, to rehearse, to make mention, to remember that when I was with you, I told. Now, I want to, I want to back up for just a second. I told. And this is a particular Greek tense. This is the imperfect tense. Okay, that's your blank, imperfect. And it means action continually or repeatedly happening in past time. So when I was with you, this is not I told you once. I told you over and over and over and over and over these things. So this would be their, perhaps their first time to see it in written form, but it was not their first time to be exposed to this concept. So do you not remember when I was with you, I told, I, I was telling and telling and telling and telling you these things. And now you know what is restraining, what is holding down, what is uh, possessing or staying or withholding that he may be revealed. This is this same word, to take off the cover. It's your same blank, apocalypto. That he may be revealed in his own time. Who is going to be revealed? Who are we talking about? Who's going to be revealed? The, this man of, the, son, the man of sin, the son of perdition, right? This isn't, isn't technically Satan. I would say it's Satan's boy, right? Um, I, I, I choose the word boy on purpose there, I think. Because um, a man's not going to let himself be controlled by something that doesn't honor God. But a little boy might. So do you not remember that when I was with you, I told you over and over and over and over these things. And now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time. This is the opportune time. For the mystery or the secret of lawlessness, this is anything that's illegal, is already at this time at work. Now, this is an interesting, this is an interesting word. It is already, like right now, at this time at work. When was this written? In the 50s. So if it was at work in the 50s, what can we assume about that? Still going, right? Still trucking right along. Satan's got to have somebody ready to fulfill this particular role. And maybe multiple somebodies, I don't know. But he's got somebody ready for this. And there's all kinds of guesses and subjective thought about this. And my only challenge to you when you start to go down this path is look at the text. Is that what the text focuses on? Does the text focus on who the person is? Then we might be chasing the wrong rabbit. Okay? Chase what the, the text chases. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. The inner jail. This is the the inner gale, the, the, the working out, the effectiveness, the effectualness. Only he who now, just now, restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. So God is doing the restraining. He is the capital H. He who now restrains, he is restraining this work, will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then, verse 8, the lawless one. Now, do, do you remember the Greek word for law? Maybe remember this from Romans. Namas, yes. Look at this Greek word here for lawless one. Ah, namas. You put A in front of a word in Greek, it means the opposite of. The opposite of the law. So whatever the law is, this is the opposite of the law. The lawless one will be 
revealed. Now, this is future, middle, indicative. Indicative. The Greek verbs have a mood, and the mood expresses the author's perspective on the reality of the situation. So does the author believe this is a statement of fact? Does the author believe this is a command to be obeyed? Does the author believe subjunctive is a probability or possibility? Does the author believe that this is really remotely possible? It's the perspective of the author in relation to the truth. So what does this word indicative mean about will be revealed? It's going to happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. In the future, it will be revealed. Whom the Lord will consume or to... Look at the definition of this. To take up to abolish, to murder, to put to death, to kill, to slay, to take away, to take up. And then the word adopt is in there. And I have no understanding as to how you can get adopt out of this, but that is part of the definition of this word. It's a very odd usage here. But we have words in English that get used in very odd ways simultaneously as well, so I'm going to chalk that up to that. Obviously here it is the, a very... It, this is not... An adoption. He's not going to adopt him with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming, right? I mean, that would not be the proper usage of the word. So with the, the pneuma, with the spirit of his mouth, and destroy. And this is a word that we saw in Romans as well, kargeo, to render entirely useless. I love this word. He's going to destroy with what? You need some kind of weapon, right? <laughs> What's he going to destroy him with, Arla? Brightness. Like... I'm going to beat you with the first thing I created. Talk about coming full circle. <laughs> I mean, like, so if God created light, I'm going to guess that he can use this as a weapon. And he does. And it is mind-boggling. Now, do you see the word for brightness? Epiphania? An epiphany? What is the visual image that most of you were taught when an epiphany occurs, it's a what over somebody's head? A light bulb. There's a reason. That's what it meant in Greek. This brightness of his coming, the parousia. The coming, this parousia, again, of the lawless one is according to the working, the energy of Satanus. Satan, the accuser, the devil. With all power... This is where I would look over at our boy, Dunamis. Signs, these are miracles or wonders, and lying. You see the word lying there, pseudos? What's a, what's a word in English that starts with that? Pseudonym, right? And pseudonym is a what? It's an author's name that's not really the author, right? It's a lie is what it is. In literary works, we go, oh, that's nice. They used a pseudonym. No, it's a lie, right? And that's what the Greek word is. It's a lie. It's a falsehood. And wonders or prodigies or omens. And with all unrighteousness, I like that, Chris. We're going to go back to adopt real quick. You guys got to keep sending me these text messages. This is fantastic. So to adopt means uh, to submit. I like that. That is good. The second definition applies. Yes, thank you very much. We just focus on the first definition of words too much, don't we? Yeah, very good. Excellent. You closed the loop for me there. Now, if you want to really get complicated, somebody please explain to me why the subjunctive is used so many times today. I do not... 
You'll notice I skipped over the subjunctive quite a bit as we were going through, so that'll be your homework assignment on top of the original homework. All right, so verse 10, And with all unrighteous deception or delusion, deceivableness among those who perish, because they did not receive or accept the agape of the truth, that they might be sozo, they might be saved. And through this reason, God will send or dispatch or transmit, bestow, wield, send, thrust in. He will thrust in them strong delusion. Where, where is this occurring? Where does delusion occur in your mind? He is going to put in their minds strong delusion. And the word delusion here means fraudulence or a straying from orthodoxy. And say, well, I've got something new and better than what's orthodox. Let's, let's be real careful with that. I've got new truth. No, you don't. You've got an old lie is what you've got. You've got something totally different. So delusion, you're straying from orthodoxy. That they should believe, pistuo, the, this belief to entrust, to commit, the lie, again, the pseudos, that they may be condemned. I know we remember this word from Romans, crino. This is the judging. That they may be judged who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure, or they thought it was good, in unrighteousness. Adikia, the opposite of justice. And you say, well, how can, you, how can we have people that have pleasure in the opposite of justice? Just turn on the news, right? You see people who have pleasure in the opposite of justice. All right, so uh, let's, look at, let's look at your application and your personalization. Look at uh, what's the point. So what's the point number one? What do you think goes in the blank for number one? Not, right? Jesus has not yet returned. This is the big picture point of this text. We do not want to miss this. However, I also want to take an opportunity, number one, to thank the who, the son, for his guarantee of return. And I have in my notes, and don't panic after the end of that. Right? True children of the Lord are not missed. True children of the Lord are taken with him. So Jesus has not returned. Uh, number two, undercover operatives are among us. Do not be deceived, brothers and sisters. Not all who walk with us are of us. Oh, that's what I mean. <laughs> So here's what breaks my heart. So next week we celebrate 10 years of this class in this room. And I think that's fantastic. I can't wait. But I can look back over those 10 years and I can see person after person after person after person who apostatized. And it... It burdens me to pray for you all even more because there may be those in this room that do this very same thing. So what do we do with that? Number two, thank the Spirit for His protection. And don't panic, right? <laughs> the Spirit of God has this. And then number three, those who oppose God will be revealed. This particular passage is all really about revealing. 
So I'm going to say, thank the Father for his impending righteous judgment. So what do we get in there in the personalization? We got the whole trinity actively working in this text. I think that's pretty cool. So next week, we look at verses 13 through 17. And I promise I did not schedule this uh, to land on this particular text on this particular week. Uh, but it is kind of cool that uh, when we look back and celebrate and praise God for 10 years in this room, that this is a very thankful, oriented, challenging encouragement to stand fast, which is good. Uh, so that's what I plan to do next week. So your homework, ask the Holy Spirit for help, read next week's text. Uh, did I put the wrong? I do have the wrong text on there, don't I? should be uh, 13 through 17. 2, 13 through 17. Talk to somebody about next week's text. Uh, share insights and questions. And then invite a member or non-member. Now, what does it say under extra credit this week? Invite a what? Former member. I want you to look around and find somebody you haven't seen in a few months or a few years and reach out to them, either personally or on social media, or you can just put out a generic call. Hey, we're having a great big party in Jim's class this coming Sunday. We're going to have cake and presents and all sorts of fun stuff. You, yes, presents. You don't want to miss. <laughs> if it's been a while, do you remember how Jim does presents sometimes? Yes, it's going to be one of those days. So you don't want to miss. We are going to partake. Sound good? All right. The way this works is that we invite and then we celebrate. So make sure you invite. This is the critical component of this process. So your weekly update there should be on your, pay, on your table. Uh, pray through those and then add any new prayer requests. After you have prayed, you are dismissed. Thank you so much for coming to Sunday School today, guys. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and to our weekly email. You can do both at OurSundaySchool.com.